All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 271. Tragedy has struck Clipper Nation once again. John Morant is finally back from spring break. Is Austin Reeves worth the $50 million price tag? And J.R. Smith has his own documentary coming out. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, turn up that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 271. Uh, spring break, Drew. How was your spring break? We, we normally don't get spring break as adults, but, you know, living in San Clemente, everybody in the world came down to San Clemente this past week, got to meet a lot of different families, got to meet people from all over the world. Did you have, did you have a good uh, week? Did you get to celebrate your <laughs> Irish heritage? <laughs> Well, I will say that it is a, it's an amazing year. It doesn't happen every year, but it is an amazing year when it does happen. When you get one of the first two days of March Madness on St. Patrick's Day. So your boy, that was spring break in one day for me. I mean, really, uh, I was fully fledged. I watched pretty much every single March Madness game that took place from Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I watched everything. Uh, so, yeah, I fucking had a great spring break, if that's what I want to call it. The The weirdest part, though, is that while it is spring and everyone's all excited and I know like New York has New York City had like a nice 65 degree temperature uh, today or yesterday. It's been raining like nonstop here. I mean, I'm I'm assuming we're, we're very close. So St. Clemente, I'm assuming is the same. So my, mm-hmm. people that came out to the beach must have been pretty bummed out up there. Oh, they were so, so bummed because a lot of people planned these trips for a long time. Like, again, I met a lot of families and it's it's crazy. Uh, the first family I met on St. Patrick's Day, they came in dressed in all green, little kid rocking a Tatum jersey, right? Celtics Tatum oh, jersey. So, oh, well, Drew being the Laker fan, booze. <laughs> but of course, you know, I always I always talk basketball with anybody that I meet. And this kid was really cool. I asked him if Tatum's his favorite player he said yes they were from st louis from like where jason oh, Chaminade. yeah that's my right, sister so my sister high school shaman shout out to shaman so you know we talked basketball with them i told him we had a show he started listening to our podcast right away the parents were super cool i told him that i was <laughs> explicit gonna... content time out how old I, is I mentioned this i mentioned it I okay mentioned okay it. okay <laughs> I, and i guess you know he told it he listened to like like three minutes of our first show and he told his dad he's like hey, i think he said shit and yeah. i'm like yeah Sorry. So I want, I told them I wanted to shout him out on the show. So shout out to Noah and Ray. Uh, he brought the brother in the next day because I gave nice. him some, some stickers and some cool stuff, some clips and drew stuff. And he came in the next day, rocking the Clipper stickers on his, on his body. And he's like, well, I'm a Clipper fan now. So we inspired, Hey, we, hey, we got a couple new listeners. They're Look really cool kids. So you're famous now, Noah, you need security at, at your elementary school now. Okay. You got your shout out. Hey, and also we apologize to Noah's parents because uh, this is it's it's you know we try to do our best and we try to be you know within the the all ages bracket, but really a lot of this gets to uh, at least PG thirteen if not rated R kind of stuff. I threw the disc- the the disclaimer out real early though. Okay, so, cool. You know it was out there. They were really cool, so I wanted to shout them out. Shout out to everybody that came into shout town this week. But Drew, I want riddle me this, Drew. Uh-oh. Riddle me this. 
Would it be a, an NBA season or would it be a season of the follow through with Clips and Drew if there wasn't some catastrophic tragedy that happens to the Los Angeles Clippers right at the most important time of the year? Can I just live my life, man? Every single year we have the same stuff. Something's yeah. got to happen, you know, and we've been rolling, right? Clippers are feeling themselves. Yeah, they were on we a good stretch. Man, that game against OKC, which happens to be our kryptonite, not only this year, but every year. These guys have beaten us. But if you remember those back to back games in November, mm -hmm. kicked our butts in November. And then last night, Drew, I got to tell you something, man. Got to tell you something. The first five minutes of this Clipper game was the most perfectly executed game of the Clippers I've ever watched. Wow. At least in the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard era. This first five minutes, man, we were into it fans were crazy we got five turnovers quick we got russell you know dunking the rock we looked great and then it was all downhill from there <laughs> all downhill we didn't get a field goal for the first for the for the next like six and a half minutes it was a really great basketball game and okc man i gotta say i mean Jalen williams is is next up Yes, he's sir. Next up, and he should honestly be in the conversation with not only all rookie team and he's not going to beat out paolo but this kid's really no. good yeah they got a bunch they got a bunch of shooters on this team. SGA is phenomenal. We all know this. He got in foul trouble early last night. But we got to talk about what really happened. And that was what happened to Paul George last night. And, you know, if you saw it, I only watched it once. And it was, if you've had knee injuries, I've, I've torn both my ACLs. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to watch. And with his history of knee injuries and everything, I was completely scared. And honestly, I thought our season was over. So... You know, as I explained on the last two podcasts, I was on the ledge two weeks ago. I got off the ledge last week. I literally wanted to go. I, Drew texted me last night. Is he okay? I said, I'm going to bed. I'm not yeah. responding to anything. Woke up early this morning, had my cup of coffee, and I went right back on the ledge, dude. I've been waiting all day to hear about the MRI. And it came out back as a, quote, knee sprain. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to be reevaluated in two to three weeks. But, man, this throws a wrench into everything. And, honestly, I think they're being – a little too nice with this. Mm -hmm. I do. I think everybody keeps hitting me up. Oh, well, it happened to Giannis. It happened to Giannis. Well, Paul George is not Giannis. And Paul George has a history of leg issues and knee issues. And going into these playoffs, I mean, it, okay, put it this way. It's better news that it's a knee sprain. It's better than a torn ACL. It's better than something broken. Yes. Uh, Reevaluated in two to three weeks. But I'm scared. And I got more to say about this, but I want your take right now on your mm. thoughts on what happened. Yeah, I think something, too, to frame it for those people that didn't catch it. I mean, I, it went all over social media and all that, but I'm sure not too many people, especially you know outside of the West Coast, were tuning in for the Clippers against OKC uh, uh, on a Monday night or whatever it was, Tuesday night, rather. Um, and to, to, to give people that don't understand what happened uh, an understanding is Paul George went up to grab a rebound and who was it that that brushed his knee? Do you remember Dort. who it was? Dort. Okay, so Dort went to like box out and also kind of go for it and kind of sh tweaked uh, Paul George's leg to a point where it hyperextended backwards, which is why, as you mentioned, clips. A lot of people are referring to the Giannis Antetokounmpo problem because that's exactly what happened to him. What was that? Two? That, was that the year that they won it? Yes. Yes. So then this could be the best omen ever, okay. if you want to look at it from that perspective. Don't tell me omen. Now, I, I will agree with you, right? Giannis, Paul George, very different injury history. So this is clearly going to be an issue. Uh, but 
I do think I think you escaped catastrophe based on the first reports. Now I'm with you, right? There's there's ways for the Clippers organization as well as any uh, professional sports organizations to hide this, to push this down by saying reevaluate in two to three weeks, right? But I do think there is, uh, you know, a level of hope that 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 should be had by all Clippers fans and Paul George fans because it was, you know, if it was a torn ACL or if it was you know, something torn or broken, they would act pretty fast to get on that. Right. And I think that news would be out. It would be really hard to stifle that kind of huge news uh, for this Clipper team. So there has to be a ray of sunshine coming through the clouds right now that, you know, while Paul George will miss the regular season, the regular, the finish to the regular season, it's not all the way done and dusted. You still have Kawhi performing great. I mean, I know that losing to the clip to the, to the thunder is, is not a great look, even though they've, (laughs) They're not giving up for whatever reason. They're popping up. They're in the seventh seed. Now the Thunder are. But I, I, I had a visceral reaction to watching that. It was one of those things where I was not watching that game. I was watching a show with my wife because I'm a, a good husband. And I don't, I, I, like I said, I, I forced her to watch every single March Madness game over the last couple of days. So I said, hey, let's take a break. We'll watch whatever it is that we want to watch here. And then. I looked at my phone on Instagram and it the, it was the first one that popped up was the replay of, of Paul George. And I, I like yelped, scared my dog, scared the shit out of Kona, scared, scared my wife. And I'd never looked at it again. And I was, I was intending on watching that game. I said, I'm not going to watch that game anymore. Cause I don't want to see that play. It's a, it's a nightmare when that happens. I've been around plenty of injuries. I have had luck, you know, thus far, I haven't had any major uh, injuries that required surgery, while playing, uh, and I know you have, and uh, but a lot of the people that I've played with, teammates, friends, torn all types of shit, including my brother, who is actually right now uh, on an operating table getting his meniscus repaired <laughs> in surgery today. So it is one of those things too. When you go around, you you when you're you, when you've been around sports enough, and you see these injuries enough, you know how painful and scary that moment is and and especially for paul george how scary that must have been like i can only imagine his initial thoughts in his head as soon as that happened right like i'm sure like all of us do you flash forward immediately to like oh shit like i broke my leg or uh, there it is again especially going for for paul george and i'm i do really hope that it's okay right i hope it's okay i hope he comes back for you know the first round of the playoffs if the clippers can make it there that's not happening. I don't see him in the first round. I see best bet. No, it's not. Best case scenario is he comes back at, uh, you know, the end of the first round, if we make it to the first round. But this is also flashbacks to the Joe Ingles on Kawhi, where Kawhi was perfectly fine. We thought Kawhi was going to get one, one game. You know, I'm going to be all right. Walked off the floor. And 19 months later, Kawhi is playing basketball again. So, right. But, the, that, but there was, there was a gap between MRIs there, right? Yeah. Like Kawhi, Kawhi didn't look like it was a tragic <laughs> injury. It just looked like he tweaked something and he finished that game. Right. So like, I think there's a, there's definitely some time frame differences between that injury and, and this one. Yeah, that's fair. They, you know, Paul was having a great game. Paul has been playing very well. He just, if you didn't watch the game, you missed his 360 in the paint dunk that this guy did. I did that see I'd that never on seen. Instagram as well. <laughs> it even got me off the couch. I'm like, damn, I haven't seen that. Brian <laughs> Seaman and Fratello even both say like, damn, I haven't seen that, especially from Paul George. Like it was great. Mm-hmm. And we, we were playing really great basketball. And if you, again, the ending of that game was trash. The beginning of that game was trash with the officiating getting teed up three texts, at, you know, in, oh. in, in, in 10 seconds. Look, 
Kawhi Leonard, which by the way, the ref told him at halftime, hey man, my bad, my bad, I missed it. No, you missed three in a row. Yeah. Three obvious fouls on Kawhi, and then you missed a blatant one right in front of your face. And Kawhi should be able to, to be pissed off and say something. Kawhi Leonard has had three technical fouls his whole career, right? His whole freaking career, he's had three. And you're just going to tee him up like that quick? And then Terrence Mann, you're going to tee up twice and toss out of the game? Like, who are you to do that? I don't know this referee. And yeah. if the Clippers didn't lose by one, I wouldn't have been so upset. But look, we lost by one. You can't just be like, oh, my bad at halftime and right. be like, everything's okay. And if you, again, if you watch the game, that final possession of the game was trash. I don't know if it was if it was Ty Lue not drawing an upright. It looked like Marcus Morris was in the wrong place because Russ is pushing him away and Kawhi's waving him away. And, and Kawhi threw up a horrible shot. It was a horrible ending to a That's game. So good, good defense from Lou Dort. I'll say course. that, right? Really good defense from Lou. And I think that, Sometimes when you have, especially like Paul George goes out and then everyone's role kind of needs to be elevated in his absence. And that happens so fast that you can just get stuck ball watching the star, right? That happens all the time to LeBron James, Kevin Durant, like all the big boys, Kawhi Leonard in that position. I think there, there can be those moments where you go, oh, cool. Kawhi's just going to do it. And I'll just stand here and, and let him do his thing. I didn't see a whole lot of movement from anybody on the Clippers in that last play, but I, I, there, you also need to tip the cap to Lou Dort, who of was, course. Who was not, incredible. You're you're 100% correct. You're right. The defense was great. I just think it definitely could have been run better. Definitely could have gotten mm -hmm. a better shot. I know he didn't have any timeouts left. It's heartbreaking losing by one in that fashion. So moving forward with being without Paul George. Yeah. You know how we said this season, we had a couple, we had a show that was called Show Me. You remember yeah. that? Like, show me. We asked James oh, that was Harden. was the beginning of the year. Me. Beginning of the year, Anthony Davis, show me. RJ Barrett, show me. This right now is show me time for the Los Angeles Clippers and Kawhi Leonard specifically, because I'm going to give some props right now to Paul George, because I watched Paul George single-handedly basically take the Clippers to the to the Western Conference Finals by him by our by himself. Yeah. He was our best player last season, all season without a Kawhi Leonard. Like Kawhi Leonard has gotten kind of a pass this whole time here with us. And Paul George has taken a brunt of everything. Playoff P, all that shit. Yeah. He got all of it. Kawhi gets none of it. Right now is the time for everything. Brody, Westbrook, you're here. This is your time to shine. We need Norman Powell back ASAP. Like we need to write this ship right now. We have, we're the deepest team in the NBA for a reason. We cannot be losing these games. And Kawhi is going to be uh, pivotal for us. He needs to be the leader of this team. He needs to, and he's been playing out of control, but we haven't seen Kawhi play for an extended time without Paul George at all. I haven't seen right. Kawhi at all. It's normally been Paul George or Kawhi and Paul at the same time. So it's going to be very big. For the guy, for the Russell Westbrooks, for the Eric Gordons, for the Terrence Manns, for the, you know, it's funny. I've been begging for Robert Covington to get into the game, right? And Marcus Morris was horrible last night. And then finally, Rocco gets in the game, plays eight minutes, goes one for nine. Like he was just jacking up shots last night. Yeah. I think he was trigger happy. But okay, I am, oh, I, I, I am happy with the news that it's not as serious as we think. I also think that it's going to be longer than three weeks. So the only way that this is going to work is if Kawhi Leonard plays out of his mind and the team comes together and, and makes this happen. Also, I, you know, Clipper fans, even Clipper fans are just like, Oh, the Clippers are cursed. It's the Clipper curse. That's what it is. 
And if you, that's fine. If you want to say that, <laughs> that's fine. If it makes you sleep better at night, thinking that there's this, this curse placed on us by Dr. James Naismith from this mythical land that the Clippers shouldn't be able to win a championship or bad things always happen to the Clippers. It happens everywhere. All right. It happens to everybody. Look what's happening to Kevin Durant, right? And well, the Clippers haven't won a chip. Okay. Neither is Phoenix right? Neither is Indiana, neither is Utah. Are they cursed too? I get it. Oh, well, they made it to the Western Conference, Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, so what? It's not a chip. So if it makes you sleep better at night, calling it a curse, fine. But in old clips, old clips right here would be completely devastated and pissed off and throw, you know, throw my hands, punch the air and all this shit. <laughs> New clips and uh, adult clips, is thinking about what needs to be done in these next 10 games, right? We can be yeah, all I think there's only off. nine. I think there's nine left. Nine, nine yeah. games left. Yeah. So that's where my focus is. And yeah. and honestly, like if if we fuck up these next nine games, like we could be out of the playoffs based on you know the way everybody else is playing. So I just want to stay positive and I want Kawhi Leonard to step the hell up. That's what I need. And you know who else, Drew? Let me mention one more player that's going to be pivotal mm. to this. A reason why we brought this guy in. We need scoring Bones Highland. You're probably going to be called upon, right? We're going to need quick scoring. If Norman Powell's going to be out a little a little longer, and Eric Gordon's like roller coaster, like one game yeah. he'll have 35, and then he'll have a horrible shooting night. We're going to need Bones Highland. I don't want Bones Highland for 38 minutes a night, right? <laughs> but I think Bones, this is your time to shine, and Russell yeah. pivotal as well. Well, I think the truthfully, it's Terrence Mann, right? Don't you think? Like that's that's the immediate replacement for Paul. He should be, in my estimation, that you pop him into the starting lineup. Uh, perhaps that would be different if Norm Powell was fully healthy. But I think Terrence Mann needs to be in the starting lineup, uh, and I think he can be relied on to to elevate his performance as he has in the past, right? Um, but yeah, Russell Westbrook's going to have to do better, right? He's been uh, doing great. Aaron I'm Gordon's. Happy. Yeah, no, I'm, I, and I, I didn't mean that in like a negative way. He's just going to have to do better because Paul George is out and you mm -hmm. need you need to win a good chunk of these nine games, right? Yeah. Like they're, you're only one game up. You're in the five seed right now. <clears throat> one game behind Phoenix in the four, which is nice, but only one game up on Golden State in the six and then only one and a half games up on OKC and Dallas in the, in the seven and eight. So, you, you know, if you okay. lose, if you lose a lot of these games – there is a scenario in which you can fall all the way out because the Lakers and the Pelicans are at 11 and 12 right now, looking into the playoff picture. Uh, and they're only two and a half games back from you in the five seed. So uh, look, you, you mentioned it already. We've talked a lot about it over the course of the season. This is the deepest team in the NBA. So if there's a team that should be able to like rally and figure the shit out, you should be that team because you do have, uh, I would say a tremendous amount of talent on that bench, including Robert Covington, who of course may have a one for nine shooting. And the first time he's touched the court in like five weeks, Thank you You know, that happens. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, man, I think, I think Terrence Mann can and will step up. And I think you need more out of Kawhi. It's weird because I understand you, you talked about how good the first five minutes of the Clippers game was against OKC. But when you look at the box score, the shooting was God awful. Oh, you guys were, three. You guys were terrible from the free throw line, mm -hmm. oh. terrible from the Ugh. three point line. Mm. Uh, and so it's just one of those performances where you only scored a hundred points. They only scored 101. It seems like it got a little ugly there. That's what and scares so that me. Can't though, be, that can't be the case moving forward to your point is like Kawhi needs to take this over and the offense needs to adjust to allow for him to take it over more than just kind of passing it around 
to back and forth between Paul and him or whoever else gets in the mix. Let's be a little bit more Kawhi centric. And that's where you have to look at Ty Lue to make sure that that actually happens on the court. I, I totally agree. And that, that shows me with the free throws, not necessarily the, not necessarily the threes because some nights threes don't drop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the free throws shows me that we're not locked in. And this is the time that we all need to be locked in. And there's this really cool thing going on with Russ and everybody on the team, but specifically with Russ and Zubak, where like they have this chemistry that's going on and Russ is doing um, very well in transition. I think he's second guessing his shots a lot. And I was, I was talking to a Clipper fan the other day where it's like, honestly, if you're, they're going to leave you open, I'm fine with Russell taking the, the mid range jumper. Like I'd rather him take the jumper than, uh, then, you know, pass it off and lose time on the, on the shot clock. I, I mean, I don't want him to do it every time, but it's there, there's going to have to be another guy. And I don't necessarily know if it's going to be Terrence Mann every night, because we see with Eric Gordon, we, we see how quick Norman Powell can get off. Nico's been in a slump. Marcus has been basically non-existent and I'm kind of getting pissed off that we're still having this conversation about Marcus Morris. All right. Yeah. At least let Nico start and bring Mook yeah. off the bench. Right. Let somebody Let's switch else. It up. Yeah. It's not working. All right. It's the, this is Reggie deja vu all over again. And uh, I know we're not going to get into Denver tonight, but I want to say like red, the, like Reggie has been horrible yeah. in Denver. Like, yeah. like he's like a minus 56, right? <laughs> it's, it's bad and they've lost games and I'm not saying it's all on Reggie, but there's no. something there. Okay. Yeah. There's everyone something- hit the brakes on in Denver uh, other than Jokic. It seemed like everyone across the board stopped playing very well, including Jamal Murray, who was really starting to look like back to old Jamal Murray. Yeah. And maybe, maybe we should get into Denver at some point, but um, that's my take on the Clippers right now. I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, but I'm also, there is some relief when you have a guy like it's kind of in the same situation that the Lakers are in. Maybe not, uh, maybe not as much, but like when you, if LeBron's out, but you have an AD in the game, you're like, okay, yep. that's cool. If, if Paul George is out and we saw how well we played without Kawhi Leonard for a whole year and even into a deep run in the playoffs. Now Kawhi needs to be that guy. Kawhi needs to be the MVP, the finals MVP. He needs to be the most feared man on the court. There's no more passes right now because our window is closing. Now, if we get Paul George back at the end of the first round, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I appreciate it. If we don't, I think we need to be prepping for that not happening for the whole playoffs. That's what I'm talking about now. Right. Yeah. And that's where the system change has to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it can't, you know, we can say Kawhi needs to take over the games, but you got to put him in spots to do so. And because he's totally capable and has shown, you know, in the last two, three months of the season that he's, that he is back to old Kawhi, you know, that, that last night game aside. Uh, so, yeah, it's possible. Uh, and the, <laughs> the Lakers doing so well without LeBron should give you some, at least some confidence that, you can do the same thing. And then the previous experiences that you've had with Kawhi being out and Paul George being in, I, we all think, I think friggin' Paul George came out and said it himself. Kawhi is number one. I'm number two. So it should work. It should do You should be able to make it happen. It's just execution and, and tweaking some things. So, and also the, the thing I was thinking about is like, could this work in our advantage? Right. I mean, I, I want to be positive. Could this work in our advantage to where it's like, do I do we really want to see Phoenix first round like KD coming off the injury? Do we want to see Phoenix first round or do we want the super hot like 
F the world Sacramento Kings in the seven spot, you know, with two, seven, do we want to go down? Memphis there? is now back up in the two. This is the hardest thing. It's like, I know normally I know. you would be able to play that game. Normally you'd be able to play. All right. Well, maybe we'll lose this one and the next one so that we line up better with Sacramento. We've done it before. Right. Can't do it this year. Right. Literally, unless you want the Denver Nuggets, you can't do it <laughs> this and, year. Yeah, unless you want the play-in. You, yeah. you don't want the play-in. You don't want your season to be based upon one game or two games. We do not want that. And right. honestly, we had discussed this on the other on, on a show previously. Like, I, I actually would probably like Phoenix. And I know that sounds so weird. If we have healthy Paul George and healthy Kawhi, now I'm not so sure that I want Phoenix, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe we want to try to get Sacramento, but we'll know more in the coming days, how we're going to play these last nine games. So do you, the question that I'll, we can maybe move on after this, but do you think the Clippers can still win the title if Paul George is done for this, the actual entirety of this season? No. No. no, we don't have enough firepower. I mean, I would, I would, I'd be hopeful, but like, I don't know, based on what I've been seeing the last few, who's the guy, like, who's the guy that's going to step up. We saw it with Terrence Mann so many times in the playoffs, right? You see, he's the guy that won the, won us, won us the, the series against Utah, right? Where Re- Reggie was humongous for us in one of those series back in the day, but like the way Marcus is playing, <clears throat> I don't know. And I want to see Norman Powell back because Norman is the firepower off the bench. And like, look, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, show me like Eric Gordon, you've been begging to get out of Houston to play for a <laughs> contender. And now yeah. you're with a contender. And I, I th- I'm not putting this all on Eric Gordon. Cause he has been very well, very good for us. Minus this last game. Like he's been playing very well. And also Russ, you have, a, I, I forget that we have Russell Westbrook, like the, and who's been in these situations more than anybody besides Kawhi Leonard, his whole career, like the guy's, played many playoff games he's been there before i'm just not necessarily sure who that next guy is so clipper nation you can throw darts at me with if if you want but like i'm not so sure that going in and playing against a philly or a milwaukee in in the finals if we don't have paul george it's not enough firepower we don't have enough scoring so yeah uh, but if we if we have a why did that in the past what's that he went up against philly he went up against milwaukee in the past and was and prevailed, mm-hmm. and there was no Paul George on that team. Mm-hmm. So at least there's, I still think there's some hope. I think there's some hope. There's more hope right now than there was for me this morning at six thirty in the morning when I didn't yeah. know what was happening with Paul George. So <laughs> I will keep everybody monitored on what's going on with that situation. Let's move on though, because we have a guy making a comeback tonight. You know, Ja Ja Morant is going to be joining the. Memphis Grizzlies after his eight game vacation. I mean, I mean excuse me, his nine, nine game, game yeah. vacation. I mean, nine game <laughs> spring break. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Nine game. I'm throwing super heavy uh, quotation marks counseling, right? With, let me, let me just be fair first. I'm stoked Jaws back. Okay? Yeah. I'm happy he's back. I'm happy he went and I'm throwing air quotes again, got the help needed. But in my personal opinion, Drew, this was all a joke. Like, this whole thing was a joke. And this whole thing of like him going to Florida was the NBA's like adult version of timeout in the corner. Like, please, can you just get away from the team for like two, for like a week and a half, if you can. Mm-hmm. And this facility he goes to must be the greatest facility in the world. Cause the guy was cured within 36 hours of whatever <laughs> problem he's been having. So I, I, I think this whole situation was a joke and wasn't handled 
properly. I, you know, I, I thought the punishment was going to be more severe. We were both very pro jaw as far as like, all right, he immediately went to go get help. He, he, uh, he said all the right things in the apology letter. I thought the interview with Jalen was a little weird too. And then, uh, you know, I, I'm just not so sure, like if it was Terrence Mann or if it was Will Barton, or if it was, Contavious Caldwell Pope, if this situation happened to any of them, if this would be the same circumstance, right? right? Like right. If, if, if you would be okay to be back with the team or you wouldn't be suspended for a long period of time. I think being one of the faces of the league definitely helped jaw in this, in this situation, but um, he's back. Memphis did actually pretty well with them. Minus Dylan Brooks getting his fucking 18th technical again with being an idiot, bro. Uh, Drew, <laughs> He's now been fined $336,863 this season, Dylan Brooks. Unbelievable. That's just so this year? Money. Just this year. That's so much wow. bread, right? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cheddar, dude. Whoa. So uh, Jaws man. back. What, what does this mean for them? I, we think he's playing tonight, right? They've, they've, held, yeah. they've held it down well since he's been gone. Uh, but should we be worried about the, the Grizzlies going into the playoffs? I, I'm. I have been worried. I let me. I think that the easiest way for me to answer this is I. I am. I, I continue to be worried about the Grizzlies in the playoffs. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's because Jaw is back or not back. I worry about their mentality, their mental strength, and I worry about Stephen Adams, uh, who has now been ruled out extended throughout the regular season. Had another procedure on the knee, and they hope to have him back in the first round of the playoffs or something like that. So I obviously think the Grizzlies are better with Jaw Morant even though they did a great job in his nine game absence. I think they only lost two or three games in that uh, span of time. Um, but uh, yeah, I worry about the Grizzlies being too young and too dumb and potentially too, uh, too immature to, to really, you know, grab the Western conference by the collar. Like they, they have had the chance to do that this year, right? Like they were close, pretty close to Denver for the majority of the year and then kind of started slowly dropping down a little bit and then they got into this tussle now where they're back and forth with the kings for the two seed two and three seed just keeps flipping flip-flopping every you know a couple days um but look they're they're in a great spot right and the the reason i want to say this is because clippers just lost fucking paul george kevin durant's out (laughs) with an ankle problem in phoenix uh sacramento can't defend anybody and the nuggets are shitting the bed, like actively looking like dog shit compared they to like are. how they have been again. Sorry, Noah. I apologize. Noah parents. I, I I'm going to stop. I'm going to try to not do that. We do it. Clips yeah. and Drew is for the kids y'all. It's for the kids. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, uh, I think the, the, the interesting part about this uh, jaws absence was the whole facade about like the checking in to the Florida facility. Right. It's like if that gets reported, you check into the facility and then the next day you meet with Adam Silver in New York. So you literally just checked in. You checked your bag like you were at a layover. You had a layover. That's what it was. You flew to Florida and the, and there was some weather and you were like, look, I, I don't want to stay in the airport. Maybe there's a facility next to the airport that I can spend a night in and before I go to New York. Like that's what that sounds like, because when we were on this podcast last time, we thought he was going to be in rehab or in some sort of counseling facility for, I don't know, five days, mm-hmm. seven days, not 
whatever 30 yeah, hours 24 I, it, hours it was insanely fast so look i i i don't want to push on necessarily the fact that it could have been completely fake or made up because uh you know in the world that we live in today you don't need to be in person in a specific place to receive therapy to receive counseling you can receive that you know while you're on the road via zoom or whatever else uh there's a bunch of uh companies that are based on that model of providing remote therapy and counseling. So I'm, I'm not going to say that he never received the treatment or didn't actually get the help uh, or didn't check in and have a, a green drink at this facility that maybe was a detoxifying green drink and then flew up to New York to shake Adam Silver's hand and tell him I won't do it again. So do you agree that it was kind of it's a joke? I, I don't know, though. I, right. I don't know, because right. because there's there is that possibility that he's still working on this. And, and not only to mention, like the, 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 the Grizzlies, most likely, or the NBA for sure, has counselors that they can recommend to NBA players and, and places they can go for help, right, as part of the, the NBPA. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't know for a fact that he never received treatment, and I'm going to state that very plainly. Okay. But it is suspicious, as I started by saying, that, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours in one place is not, you know, does not make a new human being right so um i am happy that the grizzlies and the nba are satisfied enough with whatever jaw did to recover from this and get back on the court and my only hope is that he stays focused and locked in and that in this week or next week or whenever their next road game there's they, they have two i think they have two games in a row against houston coming up and i think they're both it's in tonight houston. is it both in houston I know they play Houston tonight, which is convenient to bring Jaw back for. Great game to bring him back for. Great game to bring him back for, but also terrible city. I mean, James Harden, like Ooh. you know, we we know how good the strip clubs are in Houston now. Uh, so maybe maybe this is a, a great first test for Jaw. Well, Be like, okay, they, maybe they maybe act- maybe do not don't go outside of the facility. Stay, you know, lock in. Let's stay at the hotel. We're we're going to go to bed early, like take a Unisom on those little sleeping Unisom pills that you get over the counter, have a good night's rest. And, uh, oh, oh I, you know what? Actually, it's, it's not in you. It's, it's not in Houston. It's in Memphis. So that's even better, even better. It's in Memphis. Uh, that's, that's makes me feel better. So I, I, I retract everything I said. Well, they also, Memphis is Im- implementing the fly home after the games now because yeah. of John. So <laughs> Like, look, I, this is where I think it's funny. Like now it's become such a problem that Memphis is no longer going to be able to stay overnight in cities. They're going to fly their asses wherever yeah. they need to go that night. And I'm glad he chose Jalen to do that interview with, but I thought it was bullshit, man. And I know I don't know Ja, but mm. for him to be up there and say, look, I'm not a violent person. I don't like to promote violence. Like you're lying though. You have four instances of this year of you and a gun being involved in right. some form or fashion, allegedly. There's a tweet that you deleted when you got in a beef with this dude on Twitter that said, yo, these hollow tips be free. That's a violent ass tweet to send to anybody. Yeah. So don't tell me that you're not like promoting violence at all. Right. So again, I hope I hope he got the right help. Uh, I don't know what help that is. It seems like He's going to be mind his P's and Q's for a while now, and he has to because I'm sure in that Adam Silver meeting, whatever was swept under the rug, whatever happened in Denver that got swept under the rug, and whatever happened with the NBA that's potentially getting swept under the rug, Adam Silver probably said, look, man, 
you're walking a thin line. This, this, if this happens again, I have, I have no other ramification to, I can't do anything else, but, but suspend you for a long period of time. Right. 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 And so that's, that's the biggest worry for me going back to like the question about like, are we worried about the Grizzlies? My my biggest worry is that it it, it actually didn't sink in for Mm jaw and that, in this week or next week or in the first round of the playoffs or the second round of the playoffs, he goes out and does some stupid thing that gets him in trouble and then ends their season prematurely. Right. Never, never like, never mind the fact that he could easily get injured on the court and that could end their season as well. Uh, But look, man, I, I think for, for the Grizzlies, if they just, if they just hunker down, right. If they can all, I don't know who it is on that team, and it doesn't seem like it's Stephen Adams because it's apparently Steven. he had a, he had a meeting with everybody, and that did, that shit fell flat. Uh, so it's got to be they somebody spit else. In his that, face, Drew. That's like a spit in the face to Stephen right, Adams. like to go immediately the next next night out on right. the club. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it can't be Stephen Adams, but somebody else is going to have to try to like lock them in. And maybe it's Taylor Jenkins, and or maybe it's not him. But uh, if because if they can, right? If they if they get lucky and stay healthy, and Stephen Adams can come back and contribute. They can go to the finals this year. Mm-hmm. They definitely can. So I just don't want to see them squander that opportunity. I'd rather them lose like a really good series to a team that took them all the way to the, you know to to the edge, and have them lose on the court as opposed to lose kind of off the court. God, can you just give us Memphis and Golden State, please? That'd be great for the sake of love ratings, nothing more than that. The Clay Dylan Brooks thing right now is probably my favorite thing. Let's talk about that because okay. Clay now is leaning on this four rings thing and everybody else on the Warriors apparently is as well. That has four rings anyway. Uh, But it's, it's like one of those things where clay, we love clay, right? Mm -hmm. We love clay, but this is sometimes he gets into these things where it's not a great look. And this is not a great look. It was funny and clever and kind of like a big middle finger to Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies when it happened the first time. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, ah, oh, shit, he got it. Like, all right, that's cool, Clay. Go ahead, go ahead. But now every time he's losing a game and someone's trying to chirp at them, he just puts up the four. And it's like, okay, well, now, like, what are we doing here? Right? You're you're getting your ass beat, but you're like deflecting that because you're actually, you know, it doesn't really matter. But it's an easy out, Drew. It's a real easy right. out. And I'll, can I compare it to something? And it's not the same thing, but it's the same shit of trying to argue with Laker fans, right? Like you can't have a real argument with Laker fans ever because they're like, well, 16 chips, shut up. You don't know anything. I'm a it's, real Laker fan and I don't do that to you. Well, that's because I don't we do, do that this, to you. Because we do this for a living. And it's like, this is, this is. A, and I'm a like, smart person and I that, know how things work. Right. Well, that's very true. But if I think when we started, it was kind of like that, like way back in the day, we, we did a lot of arguing back in the day. Well, that was our, that was our, that was our buddy douchebag, John. Um, I think that was his go-to for a lot of our arguments. Mm-hmm. And we would both John and I would do that to you and uh, Jeff Crompton I hate it so because much. you know, we do, we have, we got, we got the ships, man. We, we haven't, we have the banners. You can check tape. We got those rings. We got those trophies, mm-hmm. but we don't need, we are above that. This is the point that I'm trying to make is okay. like, all of that can be in the past mm-hmm. and you can have that trump card, right? Because when it gets down to it and the argument gets in the heat of the battle, you can slap that thing down like Uno and be mm-hmm. like, bam, four rings, 16 rings, take that, right? But it can't be the first thing you pull out of your pocket when, when you're getting your ass beat and they're trying to talk shit. Just talk some shit, Clay. Mm-hmm. Just talk some shit. Be like, bro, I'm better than you. You, you can't hold my shoes. Any, any of the shit talking realm 
of things that we can, you know, that you grow up doing, <laughs> really, that you grow up doing. And, and once you get into the really competitive AAU high school, college stuff, Clay should be able to go back and forth with him or even better, ignore him because you have four rings because he won't be remembered. Yeah, he's not even years. on your level. He's, he won't be remembered in 10 years, like Clay mm-hmm. said. Right. So that's fine. And he doesn't have a ring to his name. That's also fine. So then just don't engage. Right. Like, isn't that the whole idea? Like, well, Dylan I think- Brooks wants that reaction he that's wants exactly, that attention that's exactly what i was going to say is like i think if dylan brooks gets him to throw up the one two three four it's like oh i really pissed him off you know i really got him good because he's got to go to that so we love clay it's just a bad look man i want i, I think i think jeff crompton and, and golden state fans will probably say the same thing and look they have not been playing well we might as well go right into the golden state they finally won their first road game since january freaking 30th i think if i check my numbers right yeah warriors won their First road game since January 30th, and it was against, of course, uh, the Houston Rockets, which is like the yeah. girl everybody can sleep with, right? It's like the one, like, it's your yeah. one gimme. You need an away win? Come over here. Come come into Houston. <laughs> come to Houston. Come down here. We'll give it to you. And um, That doesn't even really, shouldn't even really count as an away win, I'll be honest with you. Uh, man, I like, I want Houston to be so much better. I had higher hopes for them. But we're not talking about Houston right now. We're talking about Golden State. And a lot of people are talking about Golden State right now because there is this thing in the back of all of our heads that mm. it's like, well, if they, if they can pull it together, uh, they could probably win a championship, and they could. But one thing they're missing is their second most valuable player on that whole championship run, which was Andrew Wiggins. Now, I'm not going to go into the speculation of the rumors we've heard because I think they're trash, and we don't know. Nobody knows what's going on with Andrew Wiggins. If you want to make your assumptions, make your assumptions. But whatever it is, it's something that's serious, and it's keeping him away from the team. And I'm not necessarily sure if if this gets revolve, uh, resolved tomorrow that just inserting Andrew Wiggins into the lineup is going to change much. It will change something, but there is glaring deficiencies with these guys. And it is the defense. It's the, it's the maturity of the young guys that they were expecting to be uh, better by now. And Kaminga's kind of doing his thing. He still has that. There's a lot of hope for Kaminga, but I'm not necessarily sure it's going to happen right now. There is obviously this road, uh, this road record that's hanging over their heads that when you get into the playoffs and you're in your, in a city for four nights, maybe that's, it's not going to work for the, for the warriors, but me and you can't sit here and say, Oh shit. Well, I don't think they can win a title because we did that last year and they did, but this is concerning whatever's going on with Andrew Wiggins. Cause he is extremely important to them. Um, I'm not so sold on Jordan Poole as big as I was on him last year. I'm not so sure that Jordan Poole is going to be that guy. You know, if Clay's not hitting, if Jordan's going to be the guy to step up and do what he's got to do. But, you know, are we concerned about the Golden State Warriors? Should we be scared of them in the playoffs? Like, I just watched Steph drop 50 on the Clippers and you still lose, right? That's what's so funny about the media is like, everybody was talking about the Steph 50, but how about the L that they got? Like, give me, can we talk about the Clipper win in that game? It was great. Anyways, done with the Clippers, not talking about the Clippers. This is about the Golden State Warriors. What is the state that they're in right now? Can they pull this together in the next nine games, flip it around. I think it's too late, Drew. I do. And maybe I'll, maybe I'm going to be eating my words, but I just think pulling it together right now, like we saw with the Celtics last year, they were pulling it together in like late February, right? Like everything was starting to come around and so were the Golden State Warriors. It was like late February. We're figuring it out. We're hitting our stride. But right now, I don't know, Drew. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things where last year, might be a double-edged sword for this Warriors team, right? 
because it gives you the confidence as the warriors to be like it doesn't really matter what we look like now because we know we can do what we did last year and then it also doesn't put that urgency on trying to get better because they know that they can probably figure it out in the postseason so it's just one of those things where like it almost it almost the the, the clay throwing up the four right is the to me it's kind of like the mindset of the entire warriors being like look it doesn't matter we win or lose this game or what our road record is or where wiggins is we're all going to come back together eventually and we're all going to figure it out and the scariest part about this whole bullshit is they could they definitely right. could again going back to the fact that the west is not won by anybody there is no giant to be knocked down here and injuries in the whole nine like you could you could very easily we could see the warriors repeat what the hell they did last year we could totally totally see them do that now i don't think they will just like you i don't think they will mm. because there, it's one thing to be like a little out of shape or you know oh the rotations or the guys are missing shots it's an it's an entire other thing to not to, to have eight total wins on the road in the mm. entire season that didn't happen last year it's another thing to like you very rightly put andrew wing is the second best player on the court for them in a championship season not a, not with the team it's not like oh he's got an ankle problem but he's you know, he's doing his stretching, his lifting, he's with the team. It's not that. He is not in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not in the Bay Area. Uh, and we don't know if he will, right? So uh, let me just say this, too. If Wiggins cannot return for whatever, well, you know, I, I sincerely hope everything's okay with him and with his family and whatnot. But if if it leads to him not being able to play in the postseason, they are going nowhere. Uh, we know that 100%. They yep. do not have enough in the tank without Wiggins to do anything. If he comes back, and I mean like lickety split, like because, tomorrow, yeah, he's got to come. He's got to be on a plane, like as we post this. Right. Uh, then I would, I would be less shocked if the Warriors crack in and make a run to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals or win the whole damn thing. Now, the Jordan Pool thing has to be blamed on Draymond Green, right? Hundred percent. We said it at the beginning. Be? Yeah. It has to be blamed on Draymond Green. You can't I, – I will not blame Jordan Poole for his inefficiencies this year. I won't. Now, you would hope that he and Draymond and the team and everyone can kind of like rally around him and figure it out and get him in a good spot. But who knows? Uh, the kid's going to get paid very well, and he's probably going to be on that team for quite some time. Who knows? I think there could be some shakeups uh, in the offseason if it doesn't go the Warriors' way. Uh, but – I think what this leads me to clips is even if the Warriors win a championship again this year, which is seems so unlikely as it did last year. Oh my God. Even if they do, I think Draymond Green is done with the Warriors. I do. I think he's gone. I, I, I think, you know, when you're looking at that money, right. That's a, that's a big, big ticket. Right. And he's going to want a lot <laughs> of money from a team that, you know, owes him in some capacity, but, I wouldn't necessarily hold it against them if they just said, Hey, it's, it's probably time, right? You can't all ride off into the sunset together. doesn't you always can. work. That you can, you can, doesn't always work like that though. Right. The way that you can is if Draymond says, I will take, I will continue to take a pay cut. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. If Draymond wants to stay to the tune of, all right, I'll, I'll drop down my, what I think I can earn to $15 million a year, as opposed to 25 or 30, 
then yeah, maybe, maybe they'll keep the band together and they'll try it again. I also think Clay Thompson could be out. Right. But I think Draymond is uh, understanding that this, whatever this contract is, is probably going to be his last, if not second to last contract. And I understand he's a smart guy and wants to make as much money as he possibly can while he still has the ability to do so. So I think for that reason, I think this will be his last season. You know, it's a shame. It's not necessarily a shame, but like the way Steph is playing right now and just what he's done with his career in general, like even in that Clipper game, I I had never seen anything like this, dude. Like this guy, he is absolutely, and I've said it so many times, like he had to have sold his soul because he is (laughs) so good at basketball and what he could do with the rock. And the fact that like, just he leaves everybody in the dust and can make any any shot on the court he's so good and in that losing effort you saw he was drained man at the end of that game he was physically drained and I don't think Steph can continue to do this he can't do it by himself in this long play and it's not by himself he'll have clay and he'll have guys like pool and hopefully gp2 comes back at some point but I think you're spot on with the Draymond thing if this collapses this year, I think, because it makes you have to t- take a step back. And Bob Myers might not be there next year, too. Correct. Like, this whole I think Bob th- Myers is going to be the GM of the Lakers. <laughs> I, and I love that call, right? And guess, I hope, guess I hope go- he is. <laughs> guess who comes with Bob Myers is Draymond Green to the Lakers, right? Like, yep. most likely. Most and- likely it's not like Draymond would be out of the NBA. Draymond could bring a lot of value to a yes. lot of teams. And, uh, you know, when you've been with a squad so long and you feel like you're disrespected with this money that's going to be thrown at you, you think you're worth way more than that. Draymond is so valuable to the Warriors, but at 26 million or 28 million, it's not because at some point you're going to, if you want to stick with Kuminga, you're going to have to pay him at some point. And you got to let him get the reps. Got to let him get the reps. You got 140 going to Jordan Poole. You know, Clay's contract is huge, and that's another guy who would probably love to be down here in the sunshine down here in LA at some point. Um, but I think you're I think you're on with that. But also, if they make a deep run right now, then Draymond again can be like, I want my freaking payday, man. I deserve this. It is what it is. Right. Uh, we understand you're a pillar of that organization and you are the the centerpiece of this four, the one, two, three, four championships, hundred percent. But I think a lot of interesting moves will come this summer for a lot of people. I mean, shit, you got to look at what's going to happen in in Denver, what's going to happen in Dallas, what's going to happen in Philly. With yeah. you know, there's a lot of rumors with Harden leaving, possibly going back to Houston. That sounds like the dumbest thing ever. That's right? so stupid. It's so dumb. But hold on, let's. I want to drill down further into the Draymond Pool thing. One of them, I think, will leave this year. At the end of this year, you can't pay them both, right? You just mm-hmm. can't. Especially if you want to also keep Clay, you, one of them will have to go. So they're either going to have to trade Pool, or they're going to let Draymond go. Right? That's that's how this is going to work. Even if they win a title, they're going to have to do one of those two things, right? Uh, or Lakeup is going to just keep cutting giant checks, which I won't put past him. The man has put his money on the table time and time again. So maybe he just says, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to keep this going. The the franchise valuation keeps climbing. So. He he's already doing just fine. And and while, you know, the money at the end of the day might be a little bit more than the rest of the owners are paying, you know, what what is it worth? Right. What is the value to it? But let's go into the the extrapolate further, because I think that there's three destinations that Draymond Green can end up on if and when he leaves the Warriors. The first one that I like for him the most is Portland. 
think about what he does for Steph and what he can do for Dame, right? I think that would be awesome. And if they can somehow fit Jeremy Grant in there and maybe offload Nurkic and get some other pieces, like you got Anthony Simons, Dame, Draymond, Jeremy Grant, and name some other person that can fill the role for them, that looks that could look pretty fun. Atlanta, Quinn Snyder's now down there. Trey Young can do a lot of what Steph Curry does. It's a lot different, but he can do a lot of that stuff. And I know that they pretty much stole some of the core pieces from the Warriors front office and brought them to Atlanta to try and reproduce something with Trey in the same ilk of what the Warriors do. So that's number two. And the third one is the Lakers. I don't think it's a great fit for him. I don't think it is, but LeBron and him are just like so buddy-buddy that it just seems like eventually that that's probably what's it's, it's the most likely destination, I think. But I think those other two that I mentioned make way more sense from a basketball standpoint. Yeah, but from a dream on standpoint, he's been positioning himself to be a Laker if things fall apart in Golden State for a minute now. I don't see Draymond with four chips, with his clout that he has, wanting to go to Portland and rebuild something or go to Atlanta. But that's where that. the money comes in. Okay. Because okay. The Lakers can't the money. The Lakers can't offer him the huge, the humongous right. deal. We we don't have it. We can't. So he's gonna have to take a pay cut to stay with the Warriors or to come to LA. And I don't know if he's gonna do that. The, the right thing to do is take the pay cut, man, and play with your boys. And the same and stay thing in, Stay in the Bay Area and just right. be a legend and never never leave. No, I think that works. But then if you're not winning chips or competing, I mean, they're competing. Don't get me wrong. This isn't the end of the Golden State Warriors. You still have Steph Curry, who's arguably, arguably the best player in basketball. But there, it's obvious you need more pieces. And, you know, we're talking about this like Wiggins is – is isn't there right we're, we're pretending that he's not there he is on the team he is under contract he's a big part of that squad but i think you're right i think no matter what somebody's gonna have to be gone now you're talking about cutting checks this is what i want to get into with you because with the emergence of your boy the Hill, hillbilly mamba you know your boy austin reeves has been just on a tear lately without lebron um there is he had a career high the other night 35 there's been a lot of talk that the Lakers are going to have to cut a check coming next year. Like you're going to have to sign this guy because teams are going to be after him. And the number, the price that everybody's talking about is at least 50 mil. And we're talking about an undrafted guy um, coming in and just, you know, he's a really great player. He's tough as hell. He is uh, perfect probably in any situation because he's a baller. He's a hooper. He's there to play basketball. He plays defensive well. He's smart. Uh, he obviously can take big shots and big moments. He doesn't shy away from that kind of thing. Um, but the 50 mil part is a question for me because I think teams, a lot of times we we jump at we jump at the fact that we have to pay this guy. Like, look what happened with Duncan Robinson. And I know Duncan isn't the same player. I'm, I know it's two white guys. It is what it is. But Duncan has this crazy year. And it's like, all right, well, fuck it. Throw him 90 million, right? And then we see nothing out of it. Uh, we see Jordan Poole get 140 and, and Jordan Poole is great. He's great. Is he 140 million great? I don't know. Right. Like, is, is it, is it translating to, to big time wins and, and all this shit? I don't know yet. Happens all the time. Now with, with Austin, there's some, there's some flags that you have to go through some t red tape that you have to go through. And it's called the Gilbert Arenas rule. Are you aware of this rule? So, I was not aware of the rule in its in its name, the Gilbert Arenas rule. It's unofficially until, named. Right, it, right. And so I, I wasn't aware of it, but I, I, I know of the, the framework of the restrictions. 
So to I, let, I didn't know that it was called the Gilbert Arenas rule. Shout out to Gilbert Arenas, Arizona Wildcat Bear Down. Uh, to, to let our listeners know, it's an unofficially named the Gilbert Arenas rule. Uh, when the Golden State Warriors drafted him in the second round, the 31st pick in 2001, the rules protect the rule protects teams from losing their own restricted free agents. Arenas signed a two year deal as a rookie, but quickly outplayed his contract because of the Warriors only had his early bird rights. The team didn't have the means to match an offer sheet from the Washington Wizards, even though he was restricted. Golden State lost him in free agency. So the issue with uh, the issue was rectified in the following CBA. Uh, limiting limiting what another team can offer when a franchise only has non-bird or early bird rights for its own restricted free agents. Don't I'm not losing you guys let, yet. In Reeves' case, the the most another team can offer in starting salary is the non-tax player mid-level exception, which project, projects it to be 11.4 to uh, 11.4 million for 23-24. You following me, Drew? Yeah, I'm with you. There's a catch. A team with cap room can offer Reeves up to four years with at least two years as high as the maximum salary. The offering franchise would need up to $24.7 million in cap room, but a max deal would have the following structure. Year one, 11.3. Year two, 11.9. Year three, 36. Year four, 38. Total of 144. Ooh. If somebody okay, that's a huge jump. That's so, not gonna happen. No, he's not gonna get year, he's not gonna get near the max, but he could be worth close to like what Bogdan just got four year 68 million dollar extension, right? A team with 17 million in cap space could give Reeves a salary of eleven point four million in 23-24 and then bump up to 21.9 in 25-26. So Obviously, the the Lakers like him. They would love to re-sign him. But uh, Austin Reeves isn't playing in the NBA to not just get not what he's worth, right? He's mm-hmm. a lot, We've seen a lot of players, like Jordan Poole did last year, play into a contract that whether it's more than you're worth, some team's going to give it to you. Yeah. So first question, if you can get Austin Reeves for $50 million, do you want? are you cutting Austin Reeves a check? Definitely. 100%. You want it. A hundred percent. Look, man, I, you know, since he, this is, this is year two, since he, since he first touched a basketball in a Laker Jersey, I, it was immediate. This kid can play kid, kid's a baller. As you said, uh, something else he's better <laughs> than Duncan Robinson. Yes. And I think at times he can be as dynamic as Jordan Poole. He can't do what Jordan Poole does, right? He's not that kind of an athlete. He actually, the way that he got his, uh, his points in that in that 35 point game was much more like Doncic, Harden, Chris Paul, like slowing down and using that slow, quick uh, kind of adjusting uh, pace and then getting to the free throw. Like 18 free throws helps. Um, but as I just mentioned, Duncan Robinson got 90 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, as you mentioned, 140. Austin Reeves ain't going to get that. If we can get Austin Reeves on an 11 million dollars a year deal. That is ideal. We got it. We have to do it. We have to sign him. It's not that much money. When you consider Damian Lillard alone will be making $60 million in one season very shortly, just in a matter of a couple of years, he's going to be making more than that in, in one season. So while I understand he, he goes off for, <laughs> he goes off for this great game and the Lakers season is, you know, it's potentially only 
eight games away, nine games away from being over, it makes sense to bring this up. Uh, he has been our probably third or fourth best player since he's been in a Laker jersey. And yes, there's nights where that's definitely not the case. There's some nights he doesn't have it, just like everybody. But most nights he does it not necessarily by putting it on the stat sheet where it's like, oh, he's missed 20 points a game. Uh, but since January, he's averaging like 18 points a game off the bench for the Lakers. Uh, I think that's leading the league in scoring uh, off the bench. Uh, so in just within that time frame. So uh, we need to we need to try and lock him down. And the other part of this that makes too much sense for the Lakers, unfortunately, in the way that the Lakers do business is we'll do that. And then he'll go to fucking Dallas and he'll play with Luca when we trade for Kyrie like that's or or some other trade. Right. An 11 to 15 million dollar a year kind of a deal is an easily tradable asset in today's NBA. So it makes too much sense for him to for us to not just let him go, hold the asset, pay the man his money, sign him to this contract. And then most likely, unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to become a Dallas Mavericks fan because he's going to go play with Luca. Well, it's funny you say that because there's other teams. I mean, there's a lot of teams that can potentially offer him. So there's San Antonio, Oklahoma, Orlando, Utah, Charlotte, Dallas, Portland. Look, you know, this ha- we saw this happen with Jordan Clarkson. We saw this happen with Taylor Horton Tucker. We saw this happen with Alex Caruso, you know, and mind you, like, as good as Austin Reeves is, we're seeing right now, it's because he's getting the reps up because LeBron is not in the game. Things change when LeBron's in the game and the ball's in his hands and whatnot. Lakers, I think Lakers, Austin Reeves plays really well with LeBron James, and I think LeBron loves him. So that's a, that's a, that bodes well for him staying. Do you think most – I mean, you guys loved Caruso too. like loved Absolutely. Him, and were very high on THT as well in the early days and then got rid of him for something better, right? Or tried to get something better in return. So I just, that was I'm Patrick not this, Beverly. Oh boy. Yeah. How did that turn out? I and now it's Mo Bamba. We essentially got rid of Alex Caruso and we flipped him for Mo Bamba. That's, that's how that went. That's, that's how it ended up. Yep. Oh boy. And now that's oh. the, that's the trickle down effect. We kept, we kept uh THT mm-hmm. and then traded him for, and and uh, our boy Stan Stanimal, the Stanimal Stanley Johnson, uh, to Utah for Patrick Beverly, traded Patrick Beverly from Obama. That is terrible, terrible mismanagement of uh, a roster from from my guy Rob Palinka. Yeah, so I mean, if, if, if the tag is fifty, I would I would just go in on it. Like, yeah, if we can get him for that. But if somebody offers, you know, that sixty eight, that's where you really have to think: is is this something that we need? Right now. I don't think anyone will. I don't think anyone will. Because think about like how low on the totem pole Austin Reeves is on scouting reports throughout the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's he doesn't get much minutes. He's he probably will more now, right? As as the the season ends and he's playing super good. But I don't think too many teams are like here's what we're going to do. We're going to get Austin Reeves in here and we're going to be great. Now, the funny part about them doing that is he will improve whatever team he goes to, right? So if he's not on the Lakers and it's some other team, Portland, Dallas, whatever, whoever it is, he's going to do good. He's a good basketball player. He's right. not selfish. He's smart. He's he's a little frail still, but I, you know, over time, look what happened to Caruso. Caruso looked like a skinny, you know, just like Austin Reeves, skinny mm-hmm. bald guy is what he looked like. And then two years later, he's just yoked. Travis Matthews sponsored now. Mm. Looking out, looking like a, like a wrestler, an arm wrestler, a professional arm wrestler. Now. So it's going to, it's going to take Reeves some time to put on the pounds and still have the touch and do all that stuff. But 
the kid is very good at basketball. So if it's not with the Lakers, somebody's going to get him. But I don't think they're going to play that kind of a game uh, as far as offering him some absorbent. Uh, you know, that's that's a lot. That's too much money for us. It's been Hughes. done. It's been yeah, of done. Course. If Duncan got 90, that's wild. Like it's been done. And the Duncan is six up. foot eight. Duncan is six foot eight and was having like historic three point shooting uh, years. Right. right back to back so that that's a slight difference from then a, a six foot four 185 pound uh point guard playmaker that just it looks like especially in this orlando magic game as well like fultz and and cole anthony and this guy harris and everybody was trying to be like now nah, i'll get, get hold on hold on markel get get away I'm, i'll guard him please uh, somebody i'll do it fine and then he would just burn he would just mm. burn him pop, 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 gone uh so look I love the kid. I'm all excited for him. I want him to stay in the Laker jersey. So you want him in the four-year plan? Your your four-year plan of the Los Angeles Lakers? Yes. Okay. That's that's and, fair. And the reasoning behind that is what you just what you just outlined. We have given up too quickly, too often on on young players. Mm-hmm. Austin Reeves has the blessing of LeBron James. When has that ever happened for a second-year player on a LeBron James team? I can him. tell you as many times as it happened. It's it's zero. It was like Booby Gibson. That was like the last time that happened was like Booby Gibson in, in Cleveland. And even then, LeBron wasn't stoked on that. LeBron loves Austin Reeves. He does. Why? Are, we, this should not be a question. We we, we, we signed the guy. That's weird. Right. I'm with it. You brought up something I want to touch on quickly. Um, you brought up Pat Bev. And I wanted to bring up that the Bulls are eight and four in the Pat Bev era right now. <laughs> He had a crazy game the other night, but the meaning behind that is that for the first time in the Embiid era, the Bulls finally beat uh, uh, the 76ers. They were crazy. Oh, and 12. And that was something that Embiid has been hanging over their heads for a minute. That's crazy. It's crazy. And they finally got a dub, huge dub. And Pat Bev was big. So eight and four in the Pat Bev era. But that wants to brings me to another young player that the Lakers gave away is Lonzo Ball. Lonzo mm. is looking like he's going to need surgery one more time, potentially taking up all of next season too. We're talking about year three of just nothing but injuries with Lonzo. This is scary. He didn't have a career like Derrick Rose at all, but we're seeing like he might have Derrick Rose knees, if you feel me. Yeah, bad bad, uh, bad time for the Ball brothers right now. Where's where's Jello? Is Jello okay? Is Jello safe? Somebody watch out for his knees and ankles, please. Is he playing anywhere? What's he doing, dude? I have no idea. I don't think so. Uh, but he's the healthiest one out of them all right now. This, the, I mean, that's something so. to hang yeah. your hat on. But this is concerning, man. And I think the Bulls should be concerned to this as well. If this is another year without Lonzo Ball, I mean, what are, what are we getting in return for the paper? What are we going to do for our point guard situation? What are we going to do for Zach Levine to get this guy, somebody in here? Pat Bev is great. He's okay, but he's not Lonzo Ball. Austin not, Reeves, man. Austin Reeves. <laughs> Heard you can get him for 70 mil. <laughs> Heard 70 mil is a good ticket, but you know, what do you think about Lonzo right now? No, it's a, it's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a lot of work on his jump shot and it was starting to come around. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a lot of work on his mental confidence, like his, his, his self-confidence to attack the rim more and get to the hoop and finish as opposed to just being like Ben Simmons or Rondo. Right. And then this happens and, you know, knee injuries, NBA players, it's like, oh shit, that sucks, but he'll be back. That's what we all assume, right? Like, you know, especially a young guy, it's like, oh man, you had a knee problem. Okay. He'll go to the, he'll go get it fixed up. He'll be back in a, in a year. Right. 
and then it turns into this, this, I don't know, maybe he has some sort of like uh, malpractice lawsuit, or maybe he has some sort of uh, some, some, some like a doctor to blame here, but that probably isn't the case because NBA players are very wealthy. They have very good health insurance and the NBA teams have a, like a, you know, a need for them to get the right surgery done properly the first time. So I don't think it's a doctor issue. This could just be one of those things where his body is just non-responsive to this stuff. But I mean, at this point, if he is not flown directly to Germany where Kobe got the stem cell injected in his knee, I don't know what we're doing here. Like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a really shitty situation, but why is he not going to that place right <laughs> like, yeah, like what is wrong russell with westbrook knee? went with russell westbrook went there dirk nowitzki went there of course i mean he's german so but still like he went and got operations done by the same guy like how are we not getting the best possible surgeon and and methods of repairing and and healing this problem for Lonzo ball and and who knows maybe i i don't know for a fact that he didn't already go there i'm i'm pretty sure he didn't but the point that i'm making is like this this does feel like the last attempt before his career is over way too prematurely because he's a good basketball player. Yeah. And you, you said like, you can wait a year for some players. You can't wait three. No, you can't wait three as a franchise. And the, the players are getting so good, so young that it's like, there comes a point, man. Some, it's not going to be Kobe white taking the position as a starting point guard. I well, don't it's think. Alex Caruso, I think Caruso. and Patrick Beverly and that's fine, and, but that's not a champion. That's not, I mean, as, still that Caruso is nice. not really a it's traditional point guard. He's right. not, he's more of like an off guard ball handler, but he's not, he doesn't get you into the sets the way that Alonzo ball was able to, when he was playing with them. Right. But it's uh, like you said, it's a trickle down effect. Like, okay, if we're not going to have Lonzo for another year, it's going to piss off Zach Levine, which is going to piss off DeMar DeRozan, which is going to piss off everybody else. So they need to, they really need to make a plan for this. And I'm, I'm sure they weren't planning for him to be injured for this long of a time. And, you know, when you're under contract, you're under contract, he's still going to be getting paid and whatnot, but the, the, the bulls need to start looking, you know, uh, elsewhere as far as a point guard goes. But well, I think, I think they look. They, they brought in Dragic, right, and that didn't work. But that was like a good swing and a miss. I, I, I kind of a valiant effort there. Dragic was not playing in Toronto, uh, and they were like, "Well, hell, let's let's bring him over." I mean, uh, Rajon Rondo, right? He had a resurgence before he blew out his knee uh, with Cleveland last year. Ricky Rubio, another guy. Same thing with Cleveland. Like there is there. There's a handful of guys right? Every year that that should be available to fill this slot for Chicago. None of them are, are as dynamic defensively as Lonzo ball, but they do have Patrick Beverly now and Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso has got to be the most stout defensive backcourt, you know, in 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 the last 15 years, but it's hard when they can't make a shot. Now, Patrick Beverly did score whatever, 14 points in a row in that game. That was huge. Uh, And Alex Caruso can get it cooking every once in a while too. So I think there is a path forward for Chicago, but I think they have bigger problems than this Lonzo Ball point guard position. The bigger problems are like, why isn't this team playing better when you have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic? And maybe the truth of the matter is is that Vuce has never really been that good. Maybe that's the truth. And maybe the truth of the matter is is that he doesn't mesh well with Zach and with DeMar, even though they had that electric season last year until the, the back quarter of the year. 
but to me, the bigger problem at hand is you can find another point guard. Really, let's be real about that. You can find another point guard and you can trade uh, DeMar or Zach and hopefully get, you know, a top four pick or something like that in this year's draft potentially and draft Scoot Henderson or one of these other guys that's going to be available as a point guard and, and go that route. Um, but the bigger problem is like, why aren't they good? And does Billy Donovan need to be fired after they just extended him? Uh, does, do they just got to blow it up or, or can they actually rally around like a defensive minded player like Patrick Beverly and allow him to just be like, take, take, taking them the way that he took Minnesota Mm -hmm. to kind of the threshold last year. Yeah. It'd be fun. Especially since Pat's from there, I think Pat takes a lot of pride and, in playing for that team. He seems really happy. I've listened to his show and like, you know, obviously yeah. still follow him and he seems really stoked. It was a big trade for Pat because, or the big buyout for Pat because Orlando, Pat, Pat Beverly, Orlando podcast probably wasn't going to do so hot. No, Pat Bev Chicago podcast. That sounds a lot better. And Barstool's got an office in Chicago as well. Uh, you got any flowers drew this week? Well, you know, I was going to give them to Austin Reeves, but you're, we, you're not we, done with Austin Reeves yet. I was going to give oh, them to Austin oh. Reeves. Oh, okay. but we we beat that we beat that into the ground. Austin, well, how about this? I, I how about this Austin then? Reeves. What? How about this? Let me give you one quick Austin Reeves stat, okay? Give Before you do your flowers. All right, I like it. Most free throws in March. Okay. <laughs> no Most way. Most free throws in March. Austin Rivers. I mean Austin Reeves. Shout out to Austin Rivers, my guy. Austin Reeves, seventy-seven. Demar Derozan, seventy-three. Harden, Unreal. fifty-nine. And Trey Young, fifty-three. I'm telling you, man. He plays. He he plays a lot like. The Chris Paul, the Luca Harden, like where it. they the stop start and then the follow up. Jalen Brunson plays a lot like that too, actually. Uh, but it it's working. He has figured he's a smart basketball he player, is. folks. He's mm-hmm. smart. I agree. Uh, that's how you get thirty five points and only shoot fourteen times and play against Orlando. Well, that helps also. But they they were trying to defend it. Orlando's so good, man. I they like were Orlando. trying to stop him, and he was just like, what. No, I'm, they beat the Clippers the day before. He, the reason he got the 18 free throws because they kept reaching because they thought they were going to pick him. That's right. that's literally they were like, I'm going to steal this shit. I'm going to dunk on his face. And he he just was like, nope. Ole, ole. Um, anyway, OK, so it was going to be Austin Reeves for the Flowers. But mm-hmm. I, I knew we were going to talk about him a lot after the 35 point game. Uh, so I will move on. And my Flowers go to Drew Holiday clips. Oh, you reposted this on our page for those that follow us on, at, at Clips and Drew on IG. Uh, Drew Holiday is now the all-time leader in NBA history in blocks. He has 453 blocks for a point guard, of course, for a point guard. I forgot to that, – that's a yeah, pretty important, that. important caveat there. <laughs> Apologies. That the omission. The point guard <laughs> spot, leading, leading block holder, beating out Jason Kidd, uh, who had 450 blocks. Drew Holiday is 453 and has, I would say, at least a couple more years to go. So this is going to be a record that he holds for some time, I think. Um, but it just, the reason I'm giving him my flowers is because it just shows how, how all encompassing drew holiday is, right. We talk about Austin Reeves. We talk about a lot of these other guys that are, you know, popping in and that are making, you know, noise and, and potentially getting some, some love from the media and from the, you know, just the general population, NBA fans and drew holiday, just sitting over there doing his business every year, year after year, crushing it. And I just, I, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say it like he, he grew up very close to where I grew up, very close to where you grew up clips, but went to Campbell hall high school. I played with him and his brother, Justin, uh, quite a bit over the course of my life. Uh, Aaron was a little too young for, for us, but he would always be around. I went to summer camp at Campbell hall for a couple of years. 
they were always there and I played with the holiday brothers. They're just great. They're great people, great family. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just very proud of what, what drew holiday has done and what he's accomplished. So big flowers to you. And I do think that they believe it or not, they're probably going to win another championship. So that's cool. I don't know if he's underrated, but he's not talked about enough. Right. We it taken for and granted, I think is not underrated, is. but just, yeah, it's just like, Oh yeah, that's right. He's still doing his thing. <laughs> he's like, if you're a GM or you're a coach, and you want the perfect point guard, right? Like you can say, I want Chris Paul, you know, prime Chris Paul or whatnot, but like, or GP, you know, probably the best two-way point guard ever. But like Drew's in that conversation. He's a great leader. He's obviously, by that stat you just gave us, loves to play defense. He's great on the offensive end. He causes no problems, right? He's like the perfect point guard. He's also the perfect point guard for what Milwaukee is doing right now. And we always talk about turnkey players, like just drop them wherever you can drop drew holiday anywhere. And he is going to be successful and make your team better. And that's what you want from your point guard, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's proven too. like, you know, once he figured it out, like it took him, I think it took him like maybe a year or two in Philly. And that was a weird time for Philly when he came in the league, but you know, when he moved to the Pelicans, fantastic. And when he moved to the Bucks, they won a championship. And it's, it's, you know, pretty apparent that he was a huge part of that. Yeah. And I think you might be right about the championship again this year. Gonna, probably going to win a second ring. <laughs> uh, my flowers are going to my boy, Agbaji from Utah. Hey. Uh, his mom was in the building to watch him play. Got his career night, 27 points, six three-pointers made. Jazz got a W. I thought it was awesome. He looked like a kid in the candy store getting interviewed after the game because, you know, that's normally saved for Lowry or, you know, for the coach or for somebody else. But they yeah. got my boy Agbaji up there. He was stoked pointing at his mom. Mom was taking pictures. and like, That's awesome. It's so awesome. And I wanted to give him some flowers because he's actually a hell of a fucking basketball. Excuse my language again. Uh, hell of a ball player. Perfect for Utah. But I just thought it was it was a really good moment. And that's what flowers are for. Here's your flowers for your career night, homie. That's awesome. Yeah, he was. That's a kid that I think Cleveland might think might think twice about trading, including in the trade for Donovan Mitchell. He's the reason he's in Utah is because Cleveland packaged him in the deal that sent him over there for 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 Mitchell. And of course, you would take you take Donovan Mitchell on your team before you take Agbaji. But maybe you could have thrown like Isaac Okoro in there or mm. Chetty Osman or you know somebody else because Agbaji is good, good basketball player, hell of a defender, and can shoot, which is something that Okoro still hasn't figured out. Well, six three pointers in that game. That's huge. That'll do it. Final thought, Drew. We got to get out of here. Yeah, I was going to do the, the super long final thought on like college basketball because my Arizona Wildcats shit the bed. Oh, you were so bummed. You're so 15 2. And yeah, I was riding so high. You were. It was Thursday. It was like middle of the day. I'm like, oh, this is the best. I'm, I, my, my schedule cleared up. I was able to watch all the games like just good to go the whole day. And I was like, so fired up. And Princeton, Princeton, the 15 seed beats my Arizona team. So I'm, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but it did bring uh, Kirk Goldsberry, one of our favorites, mm -hmm. uh, ESPN contributor, University of Texas, Austin professor, uh, a light bulb idea that and I love when Kirk get, gets light bulb ideas Great. because they're, they're fantastic. And he put out what the bracket would look like if the NBA implemented it. And I'm talking about the March Madness bracket 
but for NBA teams and what that would allow, what that would allow for finally, as we've, as we've moved away from East West in the all-star game, it would finally allow potentially the two best teams to go head to head for a finals and not have it be in the Western or Eastern conference finals, which it is a lot of times. Right. So when it, when he posted this, the way that it would work is just by record as you break it down all the way through. So I'll be quick, but bucks were in the one seed and Philly was in the two seed and they're on other sides of the bracket. Then you have bucks playing Atlanta, Philly playing Oklahoma city in the 15 seed. Their next matchup would be New York Knicks against the Brooklyn Nets. That would be the 8-9. They get to play each other. Then in the 7-10 on the other side of the bracket, you get the Kings and the Suns in the first round. Then moving down, you get the 4-13 Denver against Dallas. Going back the other side, you get the 3-14 matchup, Boston Celtics against the Warriors. Mm. Unbelievable. Going back down, you get the Cavs and the Clippers, the the revenge of Ty Lue. And over on the other side, Memphis and Miami. Now, tell me that doesn't sound like a fun time right there. And, and then potentially leading to a Bucks uh, Sixers or a Bucks Celtics or, or even like a Clippers Suns finals. I don't know how much I would like that because I do like the East versus West stuff, but it made me think, it, and, and I, I think we might be heading down that path, especially with this midseason tournament that keeps being pushed on everybody. I lo- I actually love it, Drew. I do love it. Um, I think the NBA loves the play-in tournament so much right now too. And if you can, if you can put something in there to make the All Star game worth it, to make something with the brackets, you know, correlate and make that. I love it. I think that would be awesome, right? So cool. And give somebody give give just you could have the biggest wild card of a champion one year. You know right. what I mean? Like the freaking. Uh, or, you know, Orlando or like Dallas or whatever reason ends up winning the championship. That'd be so crazy. Amazing. And I think that's probably what we'll see happen in this midseason tournament if it ever actually gets off the ground and implemented. And I know Silver's like trying to drive it home because he thinks it'll drive television revenues up and everyone wants that. So, uh, but if that happens, I do expect the format to be what I pretty much what I just laid out so that we get these moments where. You know, it's not just broken down by conference. Oh, there'd be no other. Th- that would be the way to do the midseason tournament. You try it like that. I, I would be 100% in on that. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love everything about that. Kirk, shout out to Kirk, too, because his content is absolutely he's genius. A genius. Yeah. Yep, he's a genius. Some people don't, you know, I wish I had that in me. Like, he's got it. Some people think differently. Well, he's he a- thinks. He's a professor of statistics and all that shit. So he's got, yeah. I guess that helps, right? Yeah, that helps. It's it's kind of in his wheelhouse. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of television really quick, uh, my final thought is, and I posted it on our page, is that J.R. Smith has a a documentary Mm. coming out on uh, Amazon Prime April 4th. And and at first glance, I'm like, wow, they're really like fishing to make documentaries right now. And then I started (laughs) thinking, and he's led a really crazy life, a really crazy career. I mean, 16-year NBA career came from high school, you know, played with a lot of great players, won a championship, you know, had his trials and tribulations and whatnot. And, you know, now starting his next chapter in his life, going to play golf and going back to college, like it's actually a crazy great story. And I'll take it back to when we announced that, uh, when we talked about it on the show of JR going back to college and 
uh, playing golf. Right. And you and awesome. I, you, you said it first, like, I want a show. I want to see that yes. show, right. Definitely that reality show instead of some of this BS that they're putting out right. on every single platform where it's like, this is just ridiculous. Show me J.R. Smith going to college. That is a movie. Okay. Yes. Show me that. So yeah. I'm actually, are the really professors sure. making him wear shirts in class? Is he shirtless in class? Does he walk around in the quad shirtless? What's it, the deal? Uh, that's you know i i we i went to college in, in arizona like i mentioned and there was plenty of dudes just walking around with no shirt including gronkowski but they my professor made gronk put on his his mm. shirt for our science class of course gronk would be shirtless in class of course oh, he dude i he barely yeah he barely ever had a shirt on we probably barely ever went to class too let's be real i think um, i might have beat him out for absences that uh that semester though <laughs> Man. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. And I actually want to, I, I'm looking forward to watching it and talking about it on our show, but yeah, what a great, what a great, first of all, Amazon and, and Netflix and, and Hulu and people like this, they don't choose, you know, lame people to do a documentary on. They don't spend the time and the resources yeah. to do it unless somebody at Amazon was like, yo, this guy's story is crazy. And we haven't really heard J.R. Smith's side of the story. He's played with so many great players. Yeah. And, drafted and out they, of high school big game you know and he had his he had his shit coming up dude he was a young buck man he was a young buck he, some of the greatest in-game dunks that have ever happened have come from jr smith Facts. Uh, yeah so and that's now, cool and, and he's got a podcast be. now clips of course he does, with, bro. with our dust with our dust brothers oh. shout out to the dust brothers he's got he's got a, a podcast with them uh, uh and malbon malbon golf uh it's a golf podcast oh uh, so it's pretty cool yeah i'm i mean i mean i'm really looking forward to it i think it could be kind of inspirational too to young athletes and whatnot about you know when you retire or when you choose to retire or when you choose to you don't love the game anymore and nobody's you know calling your phone to get any workouts in anymore that you know there is another life that you can do you still are early 30s you're in your 30s you can go back to school you can become a golfer you can join the you know play pickleball play do all this stuff but like oh. your career's not over and you're not just um you're not just a basketball player for the rest of your life. There's so many good things that you even Jr. doing the podcast about golf. That's pretty awesome. That's another, yeah. it's another Avenue that you can go. So I'm really excited about it. Hopefully April 4th, when that's coming up, that's in what a week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but mark your calendars. I'm really excited. Ted Lasso's out too, guys. We got Ted Lasso and shrinking on Apple plus. Those are the shows I'm watching. I know drew, uh, drew has been watching shrinking too, based because your wife loves it. So, yep. um, and it's a great show. Yeah, I I can just put a stamp on it that uh, this is at least from her perspective the greatest therapist psychologist show that's ever that's ever taken place as as someone that knows the kind of the ins and outs of the interpersonal work between therapists and, and between psychologists as a team. She says it's fantastic. And well, dude, I, I, I love it as well. And I'm not even a therapist. The, the moral of the story is like therapists need therapy too, right? Like that's what oh, it is. Like, the, Absolutely. That's yeah. the best. And real quick, shout out to Air Mag. Snowfall is out. It's the I think it's the final season. Last episode was absolutely wild. Snowfall is one of the best television shows ever made. But anyways, uh, we got to get out of here. We got games to watch. We got March Madness tonight. No, that's tomorrow. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We got the uh, Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Good. I'm going to go pick up some empanadas. We're going to be back shortly. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is, you know what it is.